Good morning, church. So good to be with you. A couple of quick announcements. Uh, we do have men's uh, softball at 2.30 in South Lake. Um, and we also have a group workout on Tuesday at 5.30 right across the park, This right across the way at the park right here, uh, weather permitting. And so uh, if you want to join us for that, you're welcome to participate in those things. Pollution. Pollution is a global killer. We have water pollution. And water pollution is destroying our oceans. We have something called land pollution, destroying the earth. We have something called air pollution, destroying our atmosphere. We, have, we even have something called noise pollution and light pollution, all destroying our earth. But this morning, I want to talk about a different kind of pollution. In my opinion, this, ty- this type of pollution is even more toxic and more dangerous. This kind of pollution is harmful and poisonous. And in my opinion, this kind of pollution is often overlooked and neglected and ignored. This morning, the type of pollution that I want to talk about is the pollution that comes out of our mouths. The pollution of our speech. The pollution of the words that we use and how we use them. And so we continue this morning in our series in the letter of James. And if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me this morning to James chapter 3. And we're going to begin in verse 2. James chapter 3, beginning in verse 2. And listen to the word of God. It says this, it says, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to brittle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are controlled or turned by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest, a little fire kindles. And let's stop there. Here, James mentions a few items. Firstly, James mentions this item called a horse's bit. A horse's bit is actually kind of relatively small compared to a horse. It's tiny. A horse's bit doesn't look like much, but incredibly A rider can turn a thousand pound horse to the left or to the right by using 
this tiny instrument called a horse's bit. A horse's bit. A tiny yet powerful instrument. And then here James mentions another item, a rudder. A rudder as compared to a ship is a relatively tiny object. Doesn't look like much, but incredibly, a captain can turn his vessel on the ocean to the left or to the right simply by using a tiny instrument called a rudder. A rudder, a tiny yet powerful instrument. And then James mentions a spark of fire. A spark of fire doesn't look like much, but incredibly, just a spark of fire can burn down an entire forest. A spark of fire, a tiny yet powerful instrument. And he's making a point here, and he's saying, the tongue, the tongue, our tongue, the words that we use doesn't look like much, but incredibly, our tongue has the power and the potential to cause great harm and destruction. Our tongue, a tiny yet powerful instrument. Then listen carefully to what James says next about the tongue. Verse 6. He says this. He says, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Gosh, James sounds kind of upset here. Did he wake up on the wrong side of the bed? Did he have lack of sleep the night before he wrote James chapter 3? Did he just watch the Dallas Cowboys lose to the Green Bay Packers during the playoffs? Did he just have his wife yell at him? And so he thought, man, I'm going to write about the tongue in chapter 3 now. Why is James so upset here? Why is he so passionate here? I think that James is passionate here because he believes that there is nothing of greater value on earth than people, than you and I. In fact, you and I, people, are of such great value to God that he paid the highest price for you and I. And that high price was the priceless blood of his only son, Jesus Christ. And it grieves God's heart 
when there is division, unhealthy conflict, and disunity among his people with one another. And it could be at home, it could be at work, it could be in church, it could be in our government system, in our politics. Nothing destroys unity faster than unwholesome words that come out of our mouths. And James understands this. That is why I think James is so passionate about what comes out of our mouths, what we say and how we say it. In fact, listen carefully to what the Word of God says in Proverbs 18.21. In fact, let's read this verse together out loud. Ready? Go. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Very important. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You see, there are two options that our tongue can choose. Our tongues can choose to utter death words, or our tongue can choose to utter life words. Death words mean absolutely very little. And they do nothing but make people's day worse. And God warns us over and over again in the Bible not to use death words, not to gossip, not to condemn, not to judge, not to criticize, not to belittle, not to, not to compare or label or insult. And I say this often, and I think it's a good reminder for me to say it again. There is a real enemy out there. His name is Satan. And his goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. And one of his weapons is the tongue. And the ammunition, death words. You see, when we use our tongue to talk stink about a co-worker or to lash out, at our spouse, or to criticize or insult someone, what happens is that we are unknowingly opening up the back door so that the enemy can come in, so that the enemy can come into our homes, into our workplaces, into our government, into our churches. In fact, if you are not careful, death words can even have harmful effects far into the future. I know personally of a mother and a daughter who did not speak to one another for 10 years because they got into an argument and death words were exchanged. 10 years of lost time. That is tragic death words they make people's day worse on the bright side life words life words build up and encourage life words have the power to make people's day better and God intends that you and I that we be people 
that encourage one another with life-giving words. In the 1990s, my wife and I, we were um, part of this small church in Waipahu, a beautiful people, wonderful church. And it was there that I met Sandra. And Sandra was going through an extremely difficult season in her life. She was going through a very rough divorce. She was having health problems. She was at the end of her rope. And in those days, I, I like to write encouragement cards. I found that it gave me time to pray and to seek the Holy Spirit before putting, putting pen to paper. And so I remember writing an encouragement card to her and sending it off. And eventually, I lost touch with Sandra. I don't really know whatever happened to her. And 10 years later, I bump into a friend. Her name is Pam. And Pam says, hey, Thomas, guess what, man? I'm getting ready. I actually started this women's group. And, and, and there's a lady that comes to my group, and I wonder if you remember her. Her name is Sandra. And I'm like, gosh, I, I honestly don't recall she says, well, there was this one session in our women's group that we started talking about the power of encouragement. And Sandra, she does something very unusual. She reaches into her purse and she pulls out this card and it's battered. It's worn. It's faded. And she tells the group, this pastor sent me this card over 10 years ago. And throughout these past 10 years, whenever I find myself needing encouragement, I'd reach into my purse. And I grab this card. And it would remind me that God loves me. It would remind me that God is with me. It would remind me not to give up, to be strong and courageous. And Pam asked, may I ask, who is this pastor? And she said, oh yeah, just this, some Chinese guy, his name is Thomas Cheong. That's the power of life words. And God intends that we would be a people that would encourage one another with life-giving words. Last year in May, my friend Ashley and I, we decided to run the half marathon. It was the first time for both of us. Now, I don't know, um, my brain was whacked when I registered for that. I mean, clearly I wasn't thinking right. Who in their right mind would register to run a half marathon? I mean, to wake up at some ungodly hour and to torture your body, and then on top of that, for a pocket to pay someone so that you can do that, that just doesn't make sense. 
I was out of my mind. And so I remember running this half marathon, and it was in the Diamond Head area, and it was down to the last stretch of this 13 miles. And I just about had it. And I was ready to just stop and to lie down on the grass on the side of the road and just to cuddle up and, and take a nap. And, but before you know it, I was at the home stretch. And my friend Ashley, we weren't really running it together. She's like a real runner. She was like done like 30 to 45 minutes ahead of me. And so she's just cruising at the home stretch waiting for me. And so, and his, uh, and his husband, her husband Chad was also there waiting for me. And so they finally see me like 30, 45 minutes later and, and they beam with excitement. And they start running up to me like I'm some important person. And they, may, and they start like taking pictures like total paparazzi, man. And I feel so encouraged. And then they start yelling at me and says, good job, Thomas. I'm proud of you. Good job. Keep it up. You're almost there. You're almost there. Keep going. Keep pushing. And I, I just found this renewed energy. And I finished the race strong. But imagine if Chad and Ashley, instead of yelling life-giving words to me, they ran up to me and said, gosh, what's taking you so long, Thomas, man? We were out here like 30, 45 minutes waiting for you. Gosh, you might as well quit. You're such a loser. You're hopeless. You're not a runner. Come on. And that would like totally break my heart, wouldn't it? It would like totally break my spirit. But that's what we all do all the time, over and over again. We gossip about a co-worker. We yell at our spouse. We belittle our children. We talk back to our parents. We're rude to the cashier at the store. We're impatient with the server at the restaurant. Over and over again, that kind of scenario takes place. And that's why I think James says here, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. You see, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Our words have the power to encourage or discourage. 
Let us be ambassadors of Christ. Let us stop using words that discourage and instead let us use words that encourage. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Our words have the power to bless or to curse. Let us be ambassadors for Christ. Let us stop using words that curse and instead let us use words that bless. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Our words have the power to build up or to tear down. Let us be ambassadors of Christ. Let us stop using words that tear down and instead let us use words that build up. Death and life are the power of the tongue. Our words have the power to heal or to hurt. Let us be ambassadors of Christ. Let us stop using words that hurt and instead let us use words that heal. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Our words have the power to inspire or to dampen one's spirit. Let us be ambassadors of Christ. Let us stop using words that dampen people's spirit. And let us use words that inspire. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Our words have the power to make people's day better or to make people's day worse. Let us be ambassadors of Christ. Let us stop using words that make people's day worse. And instead, let us be a people that use words that make people's day better. You see, there are many people in our circle of influence. And they're tired. They're restless and angry and depressed and empty and worried and broken. Be gracious. Be generous with life-giving words. Make their day better. Amen. Let us pray.